What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, September 10th. Football has begun. What an amazing and thrilling week one opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys we got last night. This episode is presented by... Oh, yeah. That's right. Pick 6 is presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Share a limited edition Bud Light team can with us as you listen along, head to BudLight.com slash delivery now to order. I've got my Panthers beautiful aluminum bottle here for the fans. Pete, that's right. Go to yeah, cheer on, win some money with the Panthers. Enjoy a, a nice ice cold Bud Light responsibly. Go to BudLight.com slash delivery to get yours. This is some call the flagship show. The pick show. And joining me to break down all the games from week four of week one of the NFL season. Pete Prisco and RJ White. What's up, fellas? What's up? We dropped Kenny into oblivion with the picks last year. So that's that's uh, something interesting <laughs> to start off the season. <laughs> Remember Kenny took all the unders? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brinton, since this is sponsored by Bud Light, I expect my case in the mail. Tell Bud Light I need a case. Uh, we, we'll, we'll work on it. What, um, what team? Are, Jaguars? No team. Just give me a Bud Light. No, you have to get a team sponsored thing. Like I got the. I mean, I'm, I'm not a Panthers fan per se, but I got a Panthers thing. We can get you. Uh, oh no, well, we'll get you the Bills. We'll get you the Bills. You can put it on your shelf there to represent your Super Bowl team. Buffalo. RJ doesn't want to hear that I picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. R- no, RJ, sure, sure I do. You're you're a great analyst. You you all your takes always hit. So I'm positive now the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. RJ, when you, you click, when you click that link and saw that four four of CBS Sports NFL analysts had selected the Bills to win the Super Bowl, what did your what was your reaction? It's like you guys are just trying to be on you know trendy picks. You know, everybody knows the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl, and everybody wants to be a contrarian. And it's it's uh, you can get my hopes up all you want, and I'm just hoping AFC Championship game again. That's all I want. Uh, all right, make sure to check out the Thursday night recap with the Super Friends in the feed on the Bucks and Cowboys game. Um, yeah, pull behind the curtain. We actually, you know, we recorded this on Thursday so that way you guys can have the pick show on Friday morning. If for some reason you don't have time to consume this show on Friday morning or you just wanted to get an advantage before we move the lines, uh, you can watch it on YouTube on Thursday afternoon. YouTube.com slash pick six. When you get there, hit the subscribe button. When we go live, like we do live shows all the time. When we go live, you'll get an alert that we're doing a live show. And when we upload new videos, you'll get alerts there too. And if you're watching one of those videos on YouTube, if you're watching it right now, press the like button. Feel free to comment too. Those things really help us. We really appreciate it if you guys do them. So feel free to do that. Next up, next episode of the feed, of course, will be the Sunday week one recap. I want to point out very quickly an email that I got. Um, you know, just, you know, it's just how, you know, you get lots of, uh, you get lots of emails, positive, some positive, some negative when you're, when you're in this business. And uh, we got one from a lovely woman named Claudia. I got this on Wednesday afternoon. And she emailed and said, are you Pete, Kenny, and RJ going to do a podcast this year? I'm a grandmother. My son got me into a confidence pool a few years ago. I don't know anything about football. Last year, I listened to you every week and won the pot based on the information I got from you guys. How great is that? Good job, well, that that tells us that we know how to pick games straight. We just didn't do that well with the numbers. Oh, we did great with the numbers. Yeah, no, you smashed the best. Yeah, picture. we did. Yeah, we no, killed but I'm it. saying, uh, that, but we must have really killed it with the straight up picks. Then, if you took our picks and went straight up, you must have really yeah. killed it. Or maybe it's even confidence against the spread. That could even be it too. I, I mean, she didn't really that give me the full. Be, team, but shout out to Claudia for winning her league. We're going to try and win everybody their leagues this year. Let's get hot again with the picks. And we are going to start with Sunday night football. The Bears and Andy friggin' Dalton heading. We assume he's going to play the whole game, but that I wouldn't, don't think it's a guarantee. Heading to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams, seven and a half point favorites. The over-under here, 46 and a half. Uh, Pete. Got a little best bet on this one? Yeah, I do. And I'm on the other side of everybody else on this one. I'm taking the Bears and the points. Uh, I just think when you look at the numbers, um, yeah, I get it. Rams, Stafford, great offense, Sean McVay. But I think there's 
Bears defense, I know there's some issues on the corners, some young kids playing on the corners, uh, but I, I still think they're going to be pretty darn good. And when you put all the money on the top-end players, which the Rams have done, I mean, they got so much money invested in Stafford, Ramsey, and Donald that eventually that's going to start catching up to you. I don't think the Rams are going to be as good as everybody thinks they're going to be. I think they'll be good. I just don't think they're Super Bowl good. So if you're going to give me a touchdown and a half, and Andy Dalton's more than serviceable, I think the offensive line will be better now that Peter's playing. And uh, I think they'll hold up. So I'm going to take the the Bears plus the seven and a half. You're not on the other side of me because I like I like the Bears more than most this year. But I, I think seven and a half is too much for this game. You know, Rams lost a lot of key talent in the offseason, especially on the defensive side. So, you know, they got their top heavy and but they lost key guys like John Johnson and Troy Hill. You know, those 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 secondary players that, uh, you know, you really need to be successful. They might not come back to bite them in this game. I mean, it's not like the Bears have like a huge pass catching, you know, we- weaponry that they can go to. Um, but rather than play the Bears, which is where I'm leaning, I'd be more interested in the under on the chance that Chicago offense just says nothing with Andy Dalton on prime time so um if i was going to make a play in this game it'd be under 46 and a half but that's just a lean for me yeah i would agree with you on that under too uh, i didn't include my best bets but i will probably it's a sunday night football game so i'll probably end up betting the under in that game uh, you know just action uh unless we're right there on the payout line anyway um and uh i think you know you look at sean mcveigh and matt nagy they've met four times and all four times that they've met, the games have gone under. They're usually like way under, like 1917 or something crazy like that. So I would dig that under as well. I think even with the loss of, uh, you know, Cam Akers in the preseason or in, you know, in the offseason, the Rams are going to want to run the football and that's going to be their identity. I do think, though, with Matthew, I, I firmly believe that the Rams will want to show off Matthew Stafford. And while the Bears defense is considered traditionally good, I'm not sure the secondary is that stout. So I would not be surprised at all if they challenged the Bears vertically and were able to hit some shots. I think Sean McVay wants to justify that trade, wants to remind everybody you know, that, that Matthew Stafford is as good as he's been hyping out to be this offseason. And well, I don't want to lay the seven and a half. So instead, I'm going to make the Rams part of a teaser Take them down to one and a half, a six point teaser. I'll reveal the other part of that, the other leg of that later. But the idea being that basically Los Angeles just has to win. I don't know if I want to have to deal with them covering the seven and a half. And I think there's a decent chance that Justin Fields could come into the second half and play spoiler to to that to that that large point spread. Um, Matt Nagy did leave that idea open when he was speaking at his press conference the other day. Staying with the Los Angeles theme here, the Los Angeles Chargers are heading across the country to play the Washington football team. Tanya Snyder's Washington football team. The Chargers are a pick The over-under is 44 and a half. Pete, what you like here? I'm bullish on Washington this year. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys that thinks that defense is going to be special, particularly the front seven. You know how I felt about Jamin Davis. I, I think he's going to be a star. Gives him another star to add to that front seven. And the front four is going to be even better than it was a year ago. Sweat and, and Chase Young are going to be nasty coming off the edge. Uh, Chargers, you know, they've improved the offensive line. Belaga is going to be questionable for the game. Looks like he's going to be game-time decision. But I, I look at this game and I see, look, Herbert is the real deal. Don't get me wrong. But that defense is the real deal. You're going all the way across the country to play that game. That's a tough way to open the season. Uh, on the other side, I think Fitzpatrick's good enough. I, I think he's going to be able to make plays. I think the offensive line will hold up. Uh, I like Washington in this game at Pickham. I'll take Washington as one of my best bets. Yeah, Fitzpatrick is perpetually underrated. 13-5 and five against the spread in his last 18 starts. And you talked about the Chargers offensive line. They're breaking in a rookie tackle, too. I mean, they could struggle against the elite Washington pass. not just one guy there that gets it done. You know, they're they're very strong up front. Um, so Fitzpatrick's a big upgrade at quarterback for a team last year that had an awesome D. Two emerging stars on offense in Gibson and McLaurin. I think they're a better team than, than the Chargers. I know the Chargers play better and cover more on the road because they have a negative home field advantage because fans come to L.A. and they cheer for uh, other team, their team, well, who are first playing the Chargers and the Chargers don't have any fans. So um, even though that, that, that would be against this thing, Washington, like you is an underrated team and they should be, you know, getting more respect here, especially now with Eckler hurt. I mean, Chargers become easier to defend, even if he's playing at less than hundred percent. So I'm also best bet Washington. Well, make it a clean sweep, baby. We got it. Wow, oh, there we go. I forgot. There we we got to do the podcast parlay. I completely forgot about yeah. the parlay. Like, Three parlays in the first six weeks last year. Let's see if we can get one this week. And Washington will be our first leg. I, I think so I agree with all the things y'all are saying. One of the things I think is really underrated about this NFL, I think is going to be underrated about this NFL season, at least early on, is 
sort of obvious, I guess, but crowds are back and that should matter. We saw it. You saw it in the first week of college football, like Carol, the North Carolina Tar Heels top 10 team in the country with a really good quarterback and Sam Howell and a ton of great players goes into Virginia tech and lane stadium was freaking electric. If you haven't seen it, go watch the videos of that crowd singing enter Sandman for the first time in 365 days or in the 720 days or whatever it is. It's incredible. Like you'll get goosebumps. I'm not saying that FedEx field is going to be rocking like that, but Justin Herbert, who I clearly was wrong on and Pete was right on. And I will concede that um, Justin Herbert has never taken, has never played a game in an NFL stadium against an NFL defense with a full crowd, like cheering against him and being loud and being raucous. I mean, that that should be a factor for him, Burrow and Tua. And watch and so not only that, but you are you're dealing with a new offense and a new offensive coordinator. And so all that coordination that you were able to do easily in empty stadiums is now suddenly going to be much, much more difficult. And I think we could see Herbert struggle a little bit against, as, as you guys point out, an elite defense. So give me Washington all day. Love, love the love the football team here. Uh, at a pick I think they should probably be minus three or something like that. The Arizona Cardinals are headed to Nash Vegas to take on the Tennessee Titans. Titans are minus three here, and the over-under is 52, Pete. Yeah, and when you look at these two teams, uh, particularly the Titans on defense, they had major issues a year ago, and I don't think that they've fixed them just yet. You know, when Bud Dupree gets going and playing like he used to play, uh, it's going to take them a little while, I think. Then, then I think they're going to improve their pass rush. But they have questions rushing the passer. They have questions still on the corner. And that's not a good combination when you're getting ready to go play Arizona because I think Arizona's going to throw the football around. I think Murray was playing outstanding until he got hurt last year. Uh, you add A.J. Green into the mix. You add Rondell Moore into the mix. And I think they're going to score points. Uh, on the other side, I also think the Titans are going to score points in this game. Uh, I mean, you look at what they've added in terms of Julio Jones. How do you defend them? Do you load the box to stop Derrick Henry? Do you leave one-on-ones outside? How do you play them? Do you play off and let Henry run? So I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game, which is why the best one of, one of my best bets is the over in this game. I actually think that the Tennessee defense could be improved. I think that the talent they added on all levels of the, of the defense is going to be a key factor. I don't know if it's going to all come together in week one against a really good offense. So I'm kind of with you on that, uh, on the over. Overs are 21-4-1 in Titans games since Tannehill took over. So, I mean, just play play overs like blindly but, you know, when, when he's in there because that offense has been so good and so efficient. Um, and that uh, contributes to, to the defense. So if you're right that the defense is still bad, I think you're also going to get over. So I would be with you on that one. It's not a best bet for me. I would lean Titans because I have a little more optimistic on their defense, um, and I would be over. I've got the over as well as a best bet. Uh, and, and Pete Debo can confirm I actually sent mine in on time, so don't 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 try okay. and claim All right. cheating off anybody's paper. Uh, good for me uh, for doing my job on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He's giving himself a pat on the back for getting him in on time. Good, good job by me doing my job. Um, I, look, I you just deserve think- a Bud Light for that one. You deserve a beer for getting your stuff in on time. <laughs> I know, I know. So didn't, <laughs> only a few minutes late for the podcast and did my job. Uh, um, I don't think I, I don't think I have a cold butt light near me, but I might get one while we're talking about the next game. Uh, I just think w- one thing that I believe the Titans will do is ease back Derrick Henry's a workload. They do that anyway at the beginning of the season, and then they usually just say F it and pile on the carries down the stretch when they're trying to win games and he's starting to get stronger and run harder. Especially after that 370-plus carry season, you just can't come out of the box and feed him you know, 40 carries in this opener. It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I would expect we see a little more Darrington Evans, which means I think we'll see more passes. And I firmly believe that this, this Titans team will want to feature Julio Jones. Malcolm Butler retired right this team this cardinals team with patrick peterson gone ain't deep at cornerback i mean they are they're trotting out some some questionable defensive backs in that case and it, it against aj brown and julio jones with ryan Tannehill feeding them slants on on you know on breakaway yak plays it's just going to be a problem i think we'll see lots of scoring arizona forced to keep up uh kyler murray should be able to run all day against the titans defense and when he's healthy he's very effective on the ground as well so give me the over in that game. Sunday, Monday night football. Are you uh oh, by the way, 
before uh, before we get to the next one, I do want to give a shout out. Johnny Whitehead, who is the podcast listener that uh, d- donated an ama- like a very awesome amount of money to purchase uh, some time with me, Breach, and Wilson. Uh, awesome dude. We did a 90-minute Zoom call with him. Um, uh, he's over in London. Or so just outside of London, excuse me. He's over in England. And um, we talked about he loves gambling, loves football, loves pubs, loves golf. And like he might be my new best friend. So shout out to Johnny. That was a, it was a fun time this afternoon or on Thursday afternoon, hopping on the uh, call with him. And he, we basically just spent the entire time bashing the Bengals and, and ripping on Breach, too, which is kind of fun. There's a British Brinson. So with Johnny invite. <laughs> yeah, the, God help us if there is. But uh, <laughs> did, he invite, did he invite you over to play some golf? Uh, 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 old Bob Brinson wants to make a trip over there at some point once the pandemic ends. And so, uh, when that happens, uh, I told Johnny, I'd look him up and we'd, we'd get around in at his, uh, his local club. He actually was telling this, uh, telling us a story about how there's a, there's a club there where if you don't wear pants, Pete, you would like this. If you don't wear pants, you have to wear white pull-up socks around your knees. Like that's just a, you can't be black socks has to be white socks. And he said he got over there black socks and the guy told him he couldn't play. So he went back later. He's like, he told him to bleep off, went back later with pulled up white socks and had a hoodie on. And it was like, Hey, I'm playing in my hoodie and you can't stop me, pal. Which I, I thought I was like, I, I greatly appreciate it. that's something I do. And I was like, I was like, you know, that's probably something Pete would do too. It's a little anywho. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, Pete likes to kick the back of airplane seats when people recline them. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Monday, Monday night football. The Ravens are minus four and a half at the Raiders over under 50 and a half. I, I'm just assuming that three or four more Ravens players have torn their ACL since we started doing this podcast. They, of course, lost Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters on Thursday afternoon. A brutal blow to that running game. Brought in Le'Veon Bell, who's on the practice squad, and also signed Devontae Freeman to go along with Tyson Williams. Uh, Pete, what do you like in this game? Well, I saw Devontae Freeman when he was with the Saints when I was there watching practice, and he looked slower than he ever did. I mean, I, I don't know about him helping him. Um, I, I think Williams will be fine on the football. Uh, and, and I think the Raiders have so many defensive issues. I mean, they really do. And look, I know Gus Bradley's taken over there, but the, the, the skill people I and mean, the people up front who can't, you know, they, they're hoping that Nick Ngakwe can resurrect his career because he was bad last year. And, and they need Mac, Max Crosby to become an effective pass rusher. Cleveland Farrell's been a major disappointment. So I think the Ravens will score no matter who runs the football. I think they're going to score, and they're going to have to start throwing the ball around a little bit more. I mean, they have to. So I think this is the game, an opportunity to do that. And then the flip side is, you know, no Peters now. You're going down in the corner pecking order there as well. But there's also concerns about their pass rush this year. You know, Judon is gone. Who's going to rush the pass? Where are they getting the pass rush from? So add that all up. I know the Raiders have some injury issues. Richie Incognito's banged up on the offensive line. Uh, and there's some you know new pieces on that line, but I think this is a classic over. I think it's going to go up and down the field, a lot of points. I lean to the Ravens as well, but my best bet is the Raiders Ravens over. Throw this game on a random Sunday in October. I'd probably agree with you. I'd like the Ravens. I'd like the over. Not only do they have to overcome all those injuries, but Brinson mentioned it earlier. You got crowds in in, in the stands now, making noise. Not only do you have crowds in the stands, this is the first game that Las Vegas is going to get to experience with the Raiders at home in that stadium with fans. So atmosphere, I think, is going to be electric there. There's going to be so much noise. It's going to be tough to, to throw the ball consistently. And if you're not running the ball well, I mean, it's going to be all on Lamar. So um, I would lean to the under in the game. Um, I wanted to like the Raiders more with that setup, but I just can't believe in that team for all those reasons you mentioned. So uh, I'll say the crowd plays a factor in lowering the Ravens point total while the Ravens defense is the best unit in the game, even without Peters and it keeps the game under. Uh, By the way, also shout out Ryan Shatsky and Justin Page uh, and all the whole crew at that CBS sports uh, research team. They don't get enough credit. They do a ton of work. The packets into us are awesome and extremely helpful. Not only when you're like, you know, trying to figure out trends and all that, but just digging in and getting nuggets for your picks columns. And of course these podcasts uh, and two good nuggets on this game, Las Vegas, the over was 12, three and one last season for the Raiders. That was the best in the NFL. 
Uh, that I, I think I would probably side with Pete, but I think it's a good point about the crowds and, and what the Ravens will have to deal with. I, it's possible with these running back situations, they might just be forced to throw more. And we've seen the Ravens come out early on and and wing the ball around in week one. The last five seasons, the Ravens are 5-0 and oh, straight up and against the spread in their week one games. They won by 32, 49, 44, 20, and then six back in 2016. Um, so that they're the actually the first team ever to win four straight week one games by 30 plus points, which is a, a very impressive feat. We'll see if uh, Harbs can do it. I think, I think the Raiders will keep it a little closer, but I, I I'm with that. I don't, I don't have anything here and I don't like, I don't like the Raiders at all this season, which I'm sure will surprise no one on this podcast. Uh, the Steelers at the bills, Pete, Pete Prisco's super bowl pick, the Buffalo bills getting the party started hosting TJ water, just signed a monster extension with the Steelers. Bills minus six and a half, over under 48 and a half. I have to assume, Pete, that you'll load up on the Buffalo Bills here. Well, first, before I get to the game, kudos to TJ Watt. He played it perfectly. I'm not yeah. practicing. I'm on the sideline. And he yeah. still gets the contract. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the hold-ins are going to be the new thing now. I'm not going to practice. Yeah. I'm just going to stay, stay in shape on the sideline. And it worked for him. So kudos to him. Kudos to the Steelers for making it happen because they usually don't do stuff like that. And they did. They realize how important he is. Uh, and he is important. And, yeah, I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to go to the Super Bowl. I think the Bills will win this game. But I'm taking the Steelers in this game with six and a half points. And and you'll look at it and you'll say, wow, there's four rookie starters on offense. How could you do that? The, the offensive line can't be as bad as it was a year ago. Those rookies, they're starting a rookie center in green. Moore's going to be the left tackle, rookie left tackle. They can't be worse than what they played with last year. And they won't be. And Rock- Roethlisberger looks like he's at least in shape a lot better. His body's a lot better. He's going to be able to throw the ball better. They were dreadful on offense last year. They'll run it with Harris. Uh, they will move the football. Yes, I think the Bills are that good on offense. And I think, but the Steelers are really good on defense. If you look at the history of this game, Steelers won five of six at Buffalo. They lost last year. But you're going to give me six and a half points with the Steelers in this game. I'll take it. Buffalo will win the game, but not with not. They will not cover that number. Five or six at Buffalo, but those were much different Buffalo teams than what we're, we're we got Pete Prisco sending us to the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't compare anything that happened before. <laughs> True, but there's year. also it's some history trends there. History trends when Ben was a, a much younger guy. Um, you know, with the expect, I think the Bills is going to be better this year after they added to the defensive line. I think they could cause trouble for that Pittsburgh offensive line. They couldn't be worse than last year. You're right, but I think it does take time for an offensive line to come together. So I'm not confident they're any good in week one of the season against a, what I think is going to be an improved defensive front. Um, so I think that that D-line could have a big day. Pittsburgh does have a great defense. I'm not sure they have enough to slow down Buffalo. I would lean to the Bills minus six and a half, um, especially if it is less than 100%. I know he's he you know he was sitting out, um, but uh, you know he hadn't practiced earlier in the week. So who, who knows where he is? But even, even with that factor in, um, I think the Bills take this. I would lean under, though, um, you know, just with that factor of I think the Bills, he can hold the Pittsburgh def- the offense down a little bit. The one thing that would worry me about the under, and that is a high total for for the you know for these two teams that are considered to have pretty good defenses. I think Buffalo's defense will be a lot better this year than it was last year. They, they just had a weird, I think it was just kind of a weird COVID type of random season for them in terms of how poorly they played. The other thing too is with the Steelers, new offensive coordinator Matt Canada. And Matt Canada loves to run a bunch of stuff that I'm not sure Ben Roethlisberger likes because Roethlisberger doesn't like a ton of pre-snap motion and Canada does. So that could be a bit of a concern, especially with what might be the this might be the Virginia Tech. This might be the NFL's version of Virginia Tech fans, Bills fans, fully, fully weaponized in terms of whatever they may may or may not throw. Like we're probably to quote Brady Quinn going to get a buildo on the field. I mean, that's there's a pretty good chance we get a buildo on the field in week one. I just think that that feels like a lock. It's probably my, it's probably minus one fifty. Yes, buildo. So uh, I I would take the Bills here too. I don't have a a major play in the game, but I do have an ice cold take. Here it is, ice cold take presented by Bud Light. T.J. Watt, fresh off signing his brand new contract in his fifth year, will do the exact same thing that his brother J.J. Watt did in his fifth year. He will lead the leading sacks. I think he might even go over 20. And just like his brother, he will win Defensive Player of the Year. Although it'll be TJ's first time, it was JJ's third time in his fifth year when he won Defensive Player, which is just ridiculous. So that is my ice-cold take presented by Bud Light. What do you think about that, Pete? 
Well, I mean, he almost won the defensive MVP. I mean, defensive player of the year last year. I mean, you're not going out on a limb there, dude. You're not going out on a limb there, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. I just got blasted by Pete. (laughs) That's fair. RJ, does that does that qualify as an uh, an ice cold take? I don't understand what an ice cold take is. So, I mean, typically it's you say (laughs) something and and let's move along. Typically, you say something, and then <laughs> months later, we we dog you for it. You just said it, so I don't know how I can make it a cold take for you. <laughs> uh, but it's usually that's like the third favorite to win defensive player of the year, so it's it's not even really that that cold of a take, honestly. But uh, I I, th- I just think TJ Watts gonna have a, the 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 Watts don't strike me as the type to get paid and then loaf into a season. You know, like the Watts, like great work ethic in the whole family. Correct, but JJ Watt after what was five or six years, his production went way down. It was actually after his fifth year. It was, it was, yeah. The right. pileup production went down. So right. hey, we, get, we right. get to get the award now, TJ. The Jaguars, Pete's Jaguars, are favored on the road. The Jaguars won one game last year. They are favored on the road in week one. They are three-point favorites at the Texans. The over-under is 45 and a half. All we've heard all offseason. It's how the Texans are going to – could they go 0-17? Their win total is like four. The Texans are terrible. Worst football – worst worst roster in football. Surely you wouldn't back the Texans here, Pete. Yes, I would. And the reason <laughs> I'm backing the Texans because they have a ton of veteran players. And veteran players play hard and know what it takes to play in the NFL. They've been around. Early in the season, they're not going to win a lot of games, the Texans, but they're going to be feisty early in the season because the veterans will show up and play hard. And I said this the other day on HQ. When they get to later in the season, that's when they start looking for the quick routes to Cabo and, and Aruba and everywhere else because they will play <laughs> hard then. But early in the season, they're going to be playing hard. Jacksonville's defense still has to prove to me that they're pretty good. And right now, I don't see it. Uh, they didn't rush the passer. Caleb on Chase not supposed to be one of their top pass rushers this year, an improved player. He showed nothing in the preseason. Uh, I think the Texans will hang around. I think both teams are going to score points. I think this is going to be one of those games where Urban Meyer will want to show off Trevor Lawrence. They'll throw the ball down the field. So I'll take the Texans, but I also like the over in the game as well. I'm right there with you, Pete. I like the over too, but I got a best bet on the Texans. Everybody thinks Houston's the worst team in the league, and but you're right. They have veteran players. Those veteran players also want to catch somebody's eye and get traded. You know the Texans are trying to trade everyone. So if you're a veteran player, you want to upgrade your situation, you play hard you're not now. Even kidding, but that is kind of funny. I mean, I mean yeah. It's, you know, if you're Brandon Cooks, you want to go 150 yards in this first game and have somebody come get you, you know? Um, so yes, the Jaguars have Lawrence, but this is his first pro game. It's on the road with fans are going to be there now. Um, is he just going to drop 30 points? I'm not going to just write chalk him up for for having that many points against a, a bad defense so um he he might need to because that Jaguars, Jaguars defense like Pete said is terrible you know they don't look much better than last year and Tyrod Taylor has a track record of beating expectations he has a winning record as a starter in the NFL um so there's no no guarantee he just comes in and he's awful too you know with these veterans in place um like Taylor who's excellent at protecting the ball he, he throws like when he's starting 16 games he has like six interceptions so it's not not like he's putting the ball at risk much so if Houston's not making those dumb turnovers they have a great shot to win here so it doesn't make sense to me you make the Jaguars three-point road favorites against anyone unless they, until they prove they're not a mess. And with Urban Meyer at coach, I'm not willing to make that, make that assumption. I think they might be pretty bad, maybe even as bad as the Texans when all is said and done. So love Texans plus three here. Yeah. I don't have it as the best bet, but I, I tend to agree with you guys. A, a, a team can't win one game, hire an entire new staff, draft a rookie quarterback. And by the way, the Texans, they might suck, but they got a bunch of, they got a bunch of, I mean, Texans who are going to be in the stands screaming. You know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, well, I guess Clemson didn't really have any fans either last year. So, you know, he, I mean, he's never played in an NFL stadium against an NFL defense. Um, in fact, it's not a best bet, but let's toss that puppy in the parlay. By the way, they beat him five straight times in Texans. I mean, they, they, they own that. The Jaguars and aren't only, good. No, and it's a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback making their first NFL, their NFL debuts on the road. That's brutal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's toss in the parlay. We got Washington uh, as a, I guess, a pick them, and then the Texans plus three as the first two legs of the parlay. RJ and I will round out the parlay. Um, Pete has to bounce because he's got HQ duties leading up to the pregame. You can, by the way, you can get all our picks 
uh, for the Thursday night game. That's what Pete's going to go do on HQ on CBS Sports HQ. You can stream it on all your devices, watch it on your phone, uh, cbssports.com slash live. I think it'll get you there. Uh, many, many different ways to check out all of our content, the video content there. So make sure and go watch that. Pete, talk to you later, buddy. Sweet. I'm going to open up with a 6-0 and sweep to start the season. 6-0. and nah, 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 nah. See you, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> the NFL season is here to celebrate. Bud Light just unveiled their limited edition cans designed for the fans. There's a custom design for each fan base. I have my Panthers Bud Light right here, as you can see. Gonna, um, I can't – I've got it ready for Sunday. I mean, I can't probably – I. Actually, I guess I drew, yeah, I guess I've sampled enough beers on this podcast to say that I may have a beer on Sunday after we get done watching all these games and and we start the podcast. I'll be enjoying an ice cold Bud Light when we do. As you can see, for the fans is the the slogan that the Panthers are rocking with. One, two states, one team. Although there's South Carolina folks, I don't know. Just kidding. Uh, these are uh, these cans are actually hitting stores now and are the only beer you're going to want to have in your fridge this season. Head over to BudLight.com slash delivery now to find out how to get yours delivered right to your doorstep. And you can enjoy with us on Sunday evening when we record the podcast or maybe even during the day on Sunday as you're watching that football again. That's BudLight.com slash delivery to get yours. So RJ and I are going to run through the rest of the picks. And, and by the way, apologies for uh pete's if his audio is choppy i know that's frustrating for podcast listeners we'll get it uh ironed out it's it's sometimes it's just hard to deal with old people and technology you know rj yeah it was actually you were a little late running in you should have seen what we were dealing with before it was even worse and we had to switch mics just so we could hear them at all because uh yeah you didn't want to hear what that first that first uh iteration of that was yeah, that's right. So, so I guess it was a good thing that I was running late. Um, I'll tell myself that anyway. The Browns are headed to Kansas City to take on the defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs over under in this one, 54 and a half. I believe that's the highest total on the board. This will probably be the most popular DFS game of the week, certainly. And the Chiefs are minus six. Anything you like in this game? Love the Chiefs minus six. This line supposes either the Chiefs are a very good team, but not an elite team because the Browns aren't, you know, at that level of, of, of very, very good slash elite or that the Browns are in that Bills Ravens tier from last year, just underneath the Titans. So um, which one of those is the case? Uh, I don't think either of them. I think the chiefs are very good. I think um, they are, I have them nine points better than average in my power ratings. Number one in the league. I think that's fair. They won by just five in January, but Mahomes didn't finish the game. So I think they roll here. You know, as long as he's playing 60 minutes, you got to love the chiefs chances there. Browns are not built to keep up in a shootout. Um, you know, they don't have the, the hosses in the passing game. I don't think the defense is as many uh, upgrades as they made. I don't think they're going to be able to dictate the tempo of the Kansas city offense. I think Kansas city just comes out to whoever, they play and does what they want so i think this line should be north of a touchdown even if you like the browns this year on a neutral field i i might have it higher than this now you put it in kansas city week one with these fans smelling another title you know after after disappointment last year i think chiefs win by double digits yeah you know what we love to say on this podcast our little andy reed off the bye andy reed off the bye well andy reed has had Six friggin' months to prepare for this game. He's going up a team that almost beat him. That he needed Chad Henney to make a big time throw to take down the uh, to take down the Cleveland Browns. And you know when we saw the Chiefs last, they were getting their butts kicked in the Super Bowl by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a defense that just obliterated a questionable offensive line. So what did the Chiefs go out and do? I mean, this is what smart teams and good teams and elite teams and smart front offices do. They go out and rebuild on the fly. So Joe Tooney's in town. Orlando Brown is in town. They drafted Trey Smith, who apparently has been having an awesome camp at preseason. Um, Creed Humphrey they drafted. They just brought in a ton, a completely, like, redone influx of talent onto this offensive line. And I, that's exactly what they needed to do. They, this is, this is a loaded team. I mean, this is just a loaded team and you're right. That line is five and a half now on Caesar. So you may want to go uh, hit that. Now that line presupposes that the chiefs are not truly elite and they are Patrick Mahomes. This is just stupid again from, you know, from our research team, Mahomes and, and this stack is thrown out a lot. I think, but it's, it's a good one. Mahomes 10 and Oh, all time in September. He's never lost in September. And not only has he never lost in September, 
He's never thrown an interception in September. He has 32 passing touchdowns and zero interceptions in September. He and Andy Reid are incredible at preparing for the season. Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns, not so great at preparing for the season. Oh, 15 and one in their last 16 season openers. I, I mean, spoiler alert, that's not exactly great. And Andy Reid also has never lost. 8-0 and against the Browns in his career. I guess that's kind of easy, but, you know, how about this? Patrick Mahomes, 7-0 and straight up and 5-2 and against the spread in his career against the AFC North, 23 passing touchdowns and three interceptions. He owns that division. Give me the. I'll take the Chiefs as well. I love the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are a really good teaser leg, too, at uh, 6. I definitely thought about using them as part of the teaser. I, I just, I mean... The Browns hype is just a little too much for me. I like the over in this game, too. I think Baker Mayfield will be forced to be throw a bunch, and, and the Chiefs will not hold back. I also expect to see a ton of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he's a one of the best values in fantasy this year, and a guy, if you look at these running backs for Andy Reid, that he drafts high, Brian Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy, the two other ones, they didn't have big rookie seasons and came on like gangbusters their second year. The Dolphins and the Patriots. Patriots minus three, over under 43 and a half. RJ, are you on the Mac Jones bandwagon? Well, it's interesting that this line grew after Mac Jones' team started. I mean, it was two and a half, and then it goes <laughs> up to three. And it's a rookie starting, you know, not only just a rookie of the fifth quarterback drafted. Typically, those guys, you know, Lamar Jackson notwithstanding, you, you know, you're not counting on those guys to, to have great careers. So Brian Flores looks like he's a very good coach, and he obviously knows his team well um, playing New England. Uh, Got to think he'll have a good plan for keeping that New England offense in check, especially if it's going to be a little more – predictable than that that cam offense of running the ball you know if, if this is what he's used to preparing for in practice and that might be a little easier for him i think Tua has some upside we didn't see last year still working his way back from that devastating injury last year i think the, that type of injury that he suffered you're not going to be um you know at, at your best in 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 a year one uh, off of that. So um, I think that he could have a good season. If this comes down to the kicking game too, Miami has a proven guy at the position while the Pats are going with a undrafted free agent that wasn't particularly good in college named Quinn Norton, who sounds more like one of uh, Belichick's lacrosse guys that he really loves than, <laughs> than an NFL kicker. So uh, I, I don't know what to expect from him. I think I went to boarding school with Quinn Norton. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what to expect from him, but um, uh, I think that the the kicking game obviously leans into the Dolphins' favor. I would lean to the Dolphins plus three. Uh, but I think that you're going to be able to get three and a half. It looks like it's it's close to tipping over to three and a half. And I know the books don't want to give that out because they don't want to get middled there. But um, if you can get three and a half, I think definitely on the Dolphins at that point. Uh, so I have the under as a best bet here. I just don't think we're going to see a lot of points. And these, so the Dolphins have a good defense. Belichick's game plan and Josh McDaniel's game plan to me against this Dolphins defense will be fairly conservative. I think they'll take a couple of shots, but the Patriots, we've, we've seen it the last, last year with Cam Newton as a quarterback. And then again, this year, so far in the preseason with Mac Jones back there and with Cam, honestly, this is a team that wants to run the football and play defense. Bill Belichick wants to throw it back to 2001 to 2004. I don't think he, I don't know he's going to win three Super Bowls in four years with Mac Jones, but when they had Tom Brady there early on in his career, you know, people most I guess football fans aren't old enough to remember this, but Tom Brady was kind of a game manager. You know, he didn't throw the ball around a ton. They they won with a good running game. No name cheap running backs that like you know Antoine Smith, Kevin Falk, these guys um and they wanted to win with defense in, in the rushing attack. They beef their offensive line is stout. It is talented. It is deep. And they have some really nice complimentary backs. I don't think they'll put too much on Mac in this game. And then conversely, I mentioned it with Herbert. Tua is not just going into a hostile environment. And believe me, the, the Patriots fans are going to be frothing to see Mac Jones. His jersey sold out immediately uh, when he was named the starter and when Cam Newton was cut. This is going to be a hyped-up New England crowd uh, back in there. Just, I think it'll be similar to Buffalo. Very rowdy atmosphere. Tua hasn't seen, hasn't played an NFL defense in full stadiums ever. Now, he played at Alabama, so he's been to plenty of tough environments. I, I'm not saying that he can't handle it, but you're working with, you know, you're working with a new offensive coordinator, you know, you're working with new teammates like a Jalen Waddle. You're getting experience with him. That's fine. But you're trying to do all of this in a crazy environment. And it's not like, you know, you're going to play the Raiders. You're going to play Bill Belichick in Foxborough. His record against young quarterbacks, first and second year quarterbacks at home, 
is in is like unimpeachable. It's just a known fact that he he really throws things at them that will confuse him. Having Brian Flores as the coach who knows what Belichick may throw at him helps for sure. But two has got to deal with it when the when the when the bullets start flying. So I like the Pats here, but I, I think under is the play just because ne- both teams, I believe, will be fairly conservative in their approach because they want to limit mistakes from their young quarterbacks. Yeah, he built he built that record against young quarterbacks with Tom Brady as his quarterback for the most part. You know, so I mean, you know, if, if he had Mac Jones for the last all those young years, quarterbacks, like outside of Russell and Deshaun, I think played kind of poorly against him. Yeah. And I mean, it's that you're, you're facing the juggernaut too, and you're facing Tom Brady. So that part of that, the pressure is on for you to, you think you have to be perfect. And I don't know that two has to come in and be perfect in this game. That's fair. Um, I just, I don't, I don't want to back to and the dolphins in the spot. So I will, but I, but I think the under uh, is the play for me. Patriots under Patriots unders feel like they're going to be a pretty aggressive bet this year, just because of how that, that team is going to operate. The Seahawks minus two and a half at the Colts. The over under is 50. Are you on the wind wagon, RJ? My best bet here is the under. I mean, it's been going up. It was at 40 and a half, and now it's up to 50. I think you might be able to get 50 and a half. You won, so I'll wait and see if you can get those numbers. I don't expect much from the Colts' offense in this game. Wentz is barely practiced, so he's going to take time to get in rhythm. You know, it, it was a long uh, preseason of recovering from surgery, and then he, he, right when it looks like he's coming back, he has to be on the COVID list for a week. Um, so uh, I think it's going to take time to get in rhythm. The pass catching options are limited because Hilton's out. Um, Seattle Z played very well in the second half of the year, and they had quality depth across the, the defense uh, during the offseason. So they're a team that's happy to take the air out of the ball too, went ahead and grind out a win. You know that they're going to love giving it to Chris Carson 15 times in the second half if they're up in this game. So I think under 50 is a pretty good, pretty easy call for me in this one. Yeah, that's a that's a good look. Frank Reich is, is, is more than willing to be conservative and I don't think he'll be trying to chuck it around with Wentz. He wants Wentz to look good and he wants to come away with a win. But I will take the Seahawks. Minus two and a half. Feels kind of public and kind of chalky i guess but i actually bet it i think i bet the money line at minus 140 when the wince news hit and of course naturally you know didn't work out for me because now you know it's basically the same um let's see auction minus three i guess but we took them for two and a half on the best bets seattle's just a better team i i don't buy into the idea that carson wince is going to come in and, and be a substantially better quarterback than he was last year and he you know i, I think the Colts defense will probably be good, but I'm just going to back Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll here. And there'll be an interest in Shane Waldron trying to make Russ look good in week one. So that way they can kind of put all the things that happened in the off season aside. I expect a lot from DK Metcalf uh, and, and Tyler Lockett in this game as well. Give me the Seahawks to cover, but agree with you that the under is a pretty good look, especially at that. We had it at 50 already down to 49 at Caesars. The Broncos minus three at the Giants over under 41 and a half. Yet another road favorite in week one. It seems like the market's pretty confident on which teams are good and which aren't. And I don't know that the Broncos are as good as people are making them out to me. Uh, I know Giants are already dealing with a lot of injuries at the skill position, though, but I'm not that high on Denver. So I think the line's too high for the total. Um, it's come down. So um, I'm only a lean on the under 41 and a half. I liked it better when it was a, a point or two higher. Um, Teddy has a great track record of covering on the road. That's largely a product of those Zimmer teams, you know, being, being really good on defense uh, and also being great on the road. And Teddy's just underrated in general. This line doesn't scream underrated to me when you're a three-point favorite on the road in week one. Um, so neither of those situations where Teddy has a great track record to apply here. I would lean to the Giants at three if you're getting three, but I like the under a little better, um, You know, even though it's moved down since I gave it out in Sportsline. Yeah, under was a good look. I mentioned that as well in my in my picks column that is up on CBSSports.com. Vic, give me Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, Jason. Pat, Pat Shermer revenge game, by the way, against the Giants. The old uh, don't, don't sleep on the offensive coordinator revenge game. Teddy B, they'll have a conservative game plan. Jason Garrett on the other side. The Giants are going to be really conservative because they don't want Daniel Jones to turn the ball over. And this is a Denver defense that can get after the quarterback. Uh, we we got to see what's happening with Bradley Chubb, but Vic Fangio will cook it up. They'll they'll get pressure on Daniel Jones. The Giants will not want to to have him coughing the ball up, which he is extremely prone to do. I actually like the Broncos in this one. I know that you know three a road a road favorite with Teddy Bridgewater starting and Denver's track record not ideal. But to me, they're more likely to get to 17 or 20 points in the Giants. I think it's just, I'm seeing something like uh, 17, 20 to 14, maybe, or like 18, 18, 14, something ugly. 
not, not an easy cover, but I like the Broncos to uh, to put up enough points and then just put just put the squeeze on Daniel Jones as, as Jason Garrett scrambles to come up with plays as he's clapping his hands in the press box or the sidelines. Uh, I see a more 19-17, you know, a bunch of field goals from uh, McManus, and and they they don't cover. So uh, yeah, it's going to okay. be one of those ugly games. Yeah, the under uh, under is low, but it's it's not a bad look at all. The Vikings are minus three at the Bengals, another road favorite over under 47 and a half. Yet another road favorite, but this one I kind of like the Vikings here. They address their defensive issues from last year. They should be much better on defense, I think, with Peterson at cornerback with a, a, a much better defensive line well, when you get the guys in the middle that they have there. Um, I expect, though, that D-line will dictate what happens in the trenches. Could be a lot of mixing in the passing game if the ball has to come out quickly, and it's going to be hard for the Bengals to score with having to lean on that. Um, offensively, the Vikings receiver should win their matchups. Cooks is a sol- Cook is a solid bet for a big game at running back. So if you're going to play it, though, make sure you get it at the three. I've seen some three and a halfs throughout the week. Um, but if you're getting it at three, I think Vikings is probably the lean there. Yeah, I'm a, Vikings is the best bet for me. If you look at these two teams and you consider how the game flow would could operate, if the Vikings can get a lead, and I think they should be able to because I just don't think the, the Bengals are going to be able to slow down Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. The Vikings offensive line, by the way, much improved. It's getting better. It's getting there. Garrett Bradbury, first Pro Bowl season could be coming. Just saying. Maybe MVP. Who knows? Who knows how far the Garrett Bradbury hype train could extend? Um, I can't. As long uh, as you have a podcast, it's going to extend pretty far. <laughs> That's that is true. Uh, I, I do think I do think the Vikings will be very good. It will be a much better team this year. And you're right on the defense. And you didn't mention Daniel Hunter missed all last season, and he's back in the fold. The, they will be able to get pressure on Joe Burrow. I, I still buy that Burrow is going to be okay this year and, and will eventually be fine, but it's hard not to buy. Like it's hard not to look at what's happened this offseason with Jamar Chase drops with Burrow admitting that he was tentative in the pocket and that he's just not all the way back and not think that this is going to be a tough test. Mike Zimmer will feast on a young quarterback, even one with as much uh, you know potential and swagger or whatever the hell you want to call it as, as Joe Burrow. I just, I, and if the Vikings get a lead, it's going to be Dalvin Cook season all day long, and he is going to run like crazy, rip off a couple big runs. I think the Bengals will struggle to come back from a double any sort of double-digit deficit. I like the Vikings minus three as a best bet. The 49ers, my Super Bowl champion, 49ers, are going to Motown as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Jimmy Garoppolo starting week one for San Francisco. Over under 45. Yikes, Super Bowl champions. Yikes. I mean, they're they were six and ten last year. And I don't know that they had injuries. They, and, there. they lost Bosa Kittle and uh and Garoppolo. Yeah, well, everybody deals with injuries and uh, and still like nobody's picking the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl because they had a ton of injuries as well. I don't know. Best bet for me is Detroit here. Three years ago. Well, I mean, oh. this year they 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 lost everybody at the beginning of last year, and nobody thinks that the Eagles are gonna be any better than they were last no, no, year. I meant the I meant the 49ers from the Super well, yeah, Bowl. Yeah, the forty. Well, yeah, and and so you know they have a good coach. Um, I just don't know. I think they're going to be transitioning quarterback. Jimmy's looking over his shoulder. Um, so I don't know. Detroit best bet for me is Detroit plus seven and a half. And they're questionably, unquestionably going to be bad. Nobody wants to take Detroit here. That's why this number is so high. You're making the nine or seven and a half on the road. They better be like one of the elite teams. And I guess Brinson thinks they are. Um, but I have I have the Lions win total under. I think those lines a few points too high. I wouldn't make it more than four and a half or five. Uh, 49ers have garnered a ton of hype. Just listen to Brinson. Uh, but they're going to have to adjust to key parts of the coaching infrastructure leaving for the Jets. I mean, that that's a big, big loss on that side of the ball with Robert sure. Sala going to the Jets. Um, who knows how that defense responds uh, now that he's not distraught. The thirds of the drink there. He took he took the offensive uh, run game coordinator over there. So I don't know how that that offense is going or how that team is going to operate just on a coaching level with you know having to fill those those spots. Um, so at home in the dome, I think Lions could backdoor a cover here if this isn't a close game, which it might be because uh, you know the Lions get feisty early in the season anyway. I'm interested to see which Detroit receivers step up, but somebody's going to have to because uh, uh, the the Niners were like the best team to get defending tight ends last year, and that's about all that the Lions have in the passing game. So it might be a lot of DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams, and uh, we'll, we'll see if anybody steps up at receiver. Was uh, was Mike Lafleur not the OC in 2020? Or did they not have an OC? I thought he they had he was the run game coordinator. I thought it was one of those weird roles like that, but I could be wrong. They might not have had a. I think Mike. I thought Mike McDaniel 
Oh, Mike Laf- okay, Mike, okay. They did not have an official OC, I don't believe. But Mike LaFleur was their passing game coordinator passing and Mike game. McDaniel was their run game coordinator. McDaniel now the OC under Kyle Shanahan. And he got yeah. promoted when Mike LaFleur left. So basically those were his 1A and 1B. You didn't want to have to, you know, didn't want to name on a coordinator. One leaves with Sala and then you, you know, you promote McDaniel. I assume he knew that LaFleur um was going to bounce. At any rate, uh yeah, no, I'm not there on the Lions, but I'm. I think eight is it is eight now at Caesars. If you if you'd like to back RJ and you want to go with the Lions, eight is a is a pretty strong number. I, I just I don't I don't think it's happening, and I I think the 49ers are going to win this game. I think they're going to win it easily. We're going to see a whole lot of Raheem Mostert, a whole lot of Trey Sermon, and they're going to run all over the Lions. I I do agree that Dan Campbell had this team playing hard early on in the season. They got they it's you know you know Jimmy's and Joe's X's and O's whatever you want to say it they don't have the bodies to keep up with the 49ers they're going to put some pressure on Jared Goff he's going to fold like a cheap suit in that pocket you just have to dump off the T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift I, I just don't see it so I'm going to tease the other leg of my teaser is going to be the 49ers so get them down to what a one and a half which is a, a palatable number for you right. Better number, yeah. Still, still a road team, I and mean, I don't love teasing road, big. You have a lot of road talk going right now. That's a little concerning. Yeah, I'd rather have the home, especially since we think that the home crowd is going to be a factor this year. Um, you know, after what we saw last year, the, the those road teams might be a little inflated for me. That's fair. And if I'm saying that the Texans are going to be a feisty crowd with a crappy team, then I have to, you know, at least acknowledge that the Lions indoors could be a, a problem with a bunch of drunk people hyped up on, you know whatever they call Detroit pizza, but I've actually never had Detroit pizza, but it looks good. Have you had it? Uh, I don't think so. Neither. I mean, I don't it, 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 we're putting all these sorts of weird names on pizzas now. And I've found out there's like, you know, all these Detroit pizza I didn't know was a thing, but I've looked at like pictures of it and I'm like, it looks like something I've kind of had at some point. I just didn't think yeah. it was called that back in the day. You know, it is uh Detroit style pizza is a rectangular pizza with a thick crust that is crispy and chewy. It's traditionally topped with tomato sauce and Wisconsin brick cheese that goes all the way to the edges. It looks like a homeless man's uh, deep dish, Chicago style. Sounds lovely. <laughs> Sounds like Detroit in the winter. All right. The Packers at the Saints. Packers minus four. The over under 50. This game being played in Jacksonville because of the hurricane situation in New Orleans. Uh, it's believed, I think, that the Saints will be back home October 3rd. will be their first home game that they play there. Uh, it's, I think what I saw from the mayor of New Orleans. What do you think about the Packers and Saints in Jay Vegas? Yeah, this line was three in New Orleans. Why is it only four in Jacksonville now that it's a, a neutral site game? The Saints, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of lead the charge of home field isn't worth three. I mean, I don't know if I lead the charge. A lot of people say home field isn't worth three. Home field is a little bit more inflated than people think. But that Saints home field is worth more than one point. You got to think. Um, so Saints have actually been on the road for weeks due to the hurricane. You know, they've been prepping for this game, you know, off-site. Uh, there may be even more downside baked in on their end because it feels like you're on this long road trip that will never end because of those, those circumstances. The one place I worry about the Packers is the offensive line. You know, Dave, David Anyamata is suspended. Um, it's not as tough a test for the young guys on the interior, but we'll see how they respond. And if you have a, a team where the offensive line you think might struggle, it helps to have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, back there uh, leading the charge and able to overcome that. So ultimately, those concerns aren't enough for me to think Aaron Rodgers isn't going to put up a good amount of points in uh, in this neutral site game. And I'm not sure the banged up Saints offense uh, with Michael Thomas out and, and who knows what else, uh, who knows how James Winston's going to look. I think we're pretty positive on James Winston overall, but but we just don't know how that offense is going to going to look at this point. Um, so four points just seems too low for me. I'd probably make it six or seven. So I best bet on Packers minus four like the Packers a lot here you know this is there are a lot of the Saints everything that they're dealing with and obviously football and 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 this game and and everything comes much 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 further down the line in terms of things that are important relative to the city of New Orleans but you know the reality of the situation for the Saints and all the players I mean they've got stuff going on I, I mean you know, I was late to the podcast because my wife is adamant that I have to come in and carry groceries inside, right? You know, I mean, that is that is just some everyday suburban BS. I mean, these saints, you know, these guys are dealing with a really, really difficult situation. And, and you know, if you have a family, if you have your know, kids are supposed to be back in school, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And that, that just makes life hectic, makes it, sure, going to play football 
can get you, you know, mentally, you can sort of get away from all that stuff, but it, it's still, it just makes it tough to prepare. I think with all that going on in the line, you're right. The line didn't move enough when you switch venues like that. The Packers are a 13 win team two years in a row. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are on the same page. Rodgers didn't play at all in the preseason. He's going to come out with a chip on his shoulder to prove exactly why all of his demands for more money and say in the front office were worthwhile. He can't come out and lay an egg in week one. He's going to come out and light up the Saints. And yeah, I, don't, I think the defense is good for New Orleans. I don't think it's necessarily elite. I like the Packers a lot in this spot as well. Um, plus, you know, it's really more of a Drew Brees factor, I guess, indoors. I think it's not necessarily a, it's maybe a little bit of a trope that isn't true. But, you know, you go from the home field, home field advantage in New Orleans, those, cra- those fans would have been nuts. And now you're going to Jacksonville. They picked Jacksonville specifically because it's a, like, apparently it's the hardest flight for Packers fans to get. But, you know, Packers fans, they're crazy. They'll probably still get down there and, and, and fill up TIFF Bank Stadium or whatever the heck they call it in Jacksonville. <laughs> Jet- big, old, big old road trip for them, you know. Uh, and and to your point about the, uh, yeah, the, I, I agree with you that, that um, I don't know what I was going to say just now. It was just the Saints, uh, the Saints like situation off the field, or just like the players dealing with it or Rogers yeah. trying to week one, one of those things. Probably one of those things. Completely blank when I want to make that point about about uh, Packers fans traveling and it come my mind shut off on everything else but that. But uh, yeah, I agree with agree with you with what you said. I mean, obviously, I love it. I made it a best bet. That doesn't that doesn't usually happen to you very often. That's usually more of a me thing. I know. Right? I was off. I was like, oh, I have a good point to make, and then I heard traveling, and I'm like, oh, I have another good point to make. And completely <laughs> me- memory wipe the other one. All right. Well, I, you know. Oh, you know what? I think Pete would back the Packers here too, wouldn't he? Probably. You said that we only had two when we went to break, but we have three because we had the over on the Tennessee game. Oh. Oh. Um, should we get rid of Houston and go with the Packers? Let's see what, let's see what Pete took on his picks here. No, we're not getting rid of Houston. Okay. <laughs> Certainly Pete, can't get Pete, rid of Houston for, for Green. He's got Pete Green Bay. Pete and I are best bet on Houston. Like That's, that's a little more than, uh, than just me being best bet on this game. Okay, well, do you want to add the Packers and make it four teams, or is that too greedy? Let's do it. I love the Packers. All right. Pete, Pete picked the Packers on our on our experts' picks page. So I say we add the Packers. That's – I think that – and also, Pete loves the Packers. He's been saying Aaron Rodgers is going to play there the whole time, and they're going to play at Jacksonville, which is basically Pete's home away from home, his old home, Jacksonville. So why don't we say – so the, let's, let's cap the parlay at four teams then. We have Washington as a pick them. Houston plus three. The over in Arizona, Tennessee, and the Packers minus four. That is the first official pick six podcast parlay of the 2021 NFL season. Uh, the can't lose parlay. There it is. Look at that Debo on the bottom line. Should, um, if you're watching, watch on youtube.com slash pick six. You can get all these, uh, you get these these bets in early before, those, before we move those lines. Should I, uh, I should I bet it this year? I think I should probably bet it this year, right? Yeah, since you hit that golf, that huge golf DFS, I think you got the uh, winning touch now, so definitely bet it. All right, all right. Yeah, I'll say that. Uh, I'm sure to lose like 50 bets in a row now. Jets at the Panthers. Panthers are minus four and a half. The Carolina Panthers minus favored by four and a half points at home. Oh, hello. It pays 13 to one, 12 and a half to one over at... Uh, over at William Hill. Should we? Nah, we can't get greedy and put the Texans money line in. That would be dumb, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cover yourself uh, with that plus three. Yeah. Just enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And just hope that the Texans are up too late and the Jaguars kick a field goal or something. Um, or that the Texans have the ball up too and take me. <laughs> can you back the Carolina Panthers and you know, Sam I, in the Sam Donald revenge game, laying four and a half? I was floored when this one opened at whatever it was three and a half and four and people were just all over the Panthers. It was moving up and up and up. And I'm like, do we think Carolina is good? I mean, I, I, when we're talking futures for, uh, for the, the early ed show, um, I said, I put a little bit on, uh, on them to finish second in the division, just because if we think the saints, all these things are going wrong for the saints, you know, the, the door is open and they had the longest odds in that prop. 
But, um, you know, Carolina minus five and a half, which is as high as it got. I just don't understand having that much faith in a Panthers team that has questions at quarterback with Arnold, like you said, and on defense. I think that defense is going to come together at some point. A lot of great young talent there. Hasn't happened yet, though. And so week one, you know, it might be the time. Uh, but at some point in the season, it's going to happen. Um, Jets D should be better. New coaching staff. I was talking to them up earlier. Uh, Wilson's looked solid in the preseason. QB's in their first career start. I know I was bagging on Mac Jones, but QB's in their first career start, 18 and five against the spread over the last two years per that crack CBS research team you shouted out earlier. Um, I'm not confident in the Panthers O-line. The right guard is out with COVID. Uh, Darnold could be under pressure, and we know what happens when he's under pressure. He sees ghosts. So my line has this at Pat Panthers minus two and a half. I think even though it's dropped now and it's at four, I think there's still some value here if you didn't get on it already because um, I think unless until you get it to three, uh, I'm still going to back the Jets in this one. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of the Panthers when the schedule came out immediately. It's like, hell yeah. Week one, Sam Darnold revenge game, one o'clock. It's to light up the Jets. But it's not the same Jets who drafted Sam Darnold. Now, they did trade him. Don't get me wrong. The same, same group that traded him. But, you know, it's not like this is Adam Gase. And, and I tend to think there'll be some stink off of Darnold. I would – four is too many. If it was, if it was like a pick I'd probably go Panthers. But the Jets can keep this close. We saw that in the preseason. You know, and the other thing, we talk about Mike LaFleur leaving from San Francisco. One of the things that we've seen across the NFL the last few years is – these guys coming out of the Kyle Shanahan system, the the things they learn, the things they soak in from Kyle Shanahan, like his coaching tree has been uh, his assistants. These guys got some good ones like Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur, um, uh, uh, Arthur Smith. I think technically qualifies, maybe because he was under Michael Ford, maybe not. Anyway, um, he's had his assistants have been successful leave going away from him. There are a lot of coaches who have been under Kyle Shanahan who have taken that offensive system elsewhere, and it has worked. So I think that the Jets will be a competent to average offense because of the, the, the pieces that they added this offseason. And Zach Wilson looks like he's got a live arm. The Panthers' defense is probably one more year away, and I think the Panthers are probably one more year away. So if it's more than three, I'm definitely taking the Jets, but it's uh, it's not even remotely close to a best bet for me. <laughs> You said Darnold revenge game. It's a Jets defense revenge game. They get to uh, tee off on Darnold after having to deal with him the last few years. And, That's, and, a, uh, fair fail, fail That's a fair point. That's a fair point. They're they're going to sacrifice Adam Gase at midfield as a uh, a ritual to the to the pagan to the pagan football gods. The final game on the slate: the Eagles. Slate for us, not the final game of the week. Uh, Eagles at the Falcons. Falcons minus three over under forty eight. This line was three and a half. I think it was actually three and a half for months, and I didn't understand why. It just seemed like a textbook make it three because I'm not a fan of the Falcons this year. I think Pitt's going to have to be elite immediately to get that pass game a reliable second option. Running back features a journeyman, and you know we kind of like Mike Davis, but I mean he's 28 and this is his first lead lead back going into the season. Zero dynamic number now is Cordell Patterson at running back. So I don't know what what this offense is going to look like if it's not Calvin Ridley catching 15 balls and Pitts just blowing up immediately. Um, Atlanta didn't do much to improve on defense. You know when they switched uh, defensive coordinators and they 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 kind of moved their staff around. They had that great stretch for like three or four weeks, and it turned out to be a mirage. Um, I think people score on them. Philadelphia is much healthier going into the season as opposed to last year. Very strong in the trenches on both sides of the ball. That offensive line was really good. They're getting um, Jordan Maitala, I think is, is his name, uh, the former uh, New Zealand rugby or whatever, the, the Aussie yeah. rules football guy. Just cra- crazy like story there that he beats out. They got the first round pick they traded up over Houston to get and, and kind of screwed Houston over. They had to reach for Titus Howard after that. But now this guy starting in left tackle and apparently pretty good. Um, so I like their talent on, on offensive line and defensive line. They're getting those guys back as well. Hertz is going to have his issues when ha- you have to th- throw the ball 30 times a game to that that receiving talent and he's playing good defenses. But this defense isn't one that I have confidence is going to be one that stops him. So I think he can run around a bit. I think he can throw some touchdowns and Eagles probably win this game. So I would lean to the Eagles plus three. Um, I'm not making it a best bet because I would have wanted to get three and a half on this podcast if I was going to best bet it. But but I, I like them on this on this and maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line. And if it goes back to three and a half, take them then. Okay. Uh, would you like to buy a half a point? It's, it's plus 100 at Woodville. No, I mean, buying, no buying half points here. Not, not a point buyer, are you? Nope. I didn't think take, so. Take a take, take three and a half a couple days ago <laughs> instead of buying points. It's, it's <laughs> my fault if I don't get the better number, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you're too sharp for buying points. 
I like old square me. Oh, sorry. Uh, old square me over here just gobbling up those points. Sure. Lay 165 on an Antonio Brown prop. Why not? Um, anywho. All right. That is the full slate of games to recap. Can't lose parlay, which you could see scrolling across the bottom of your screen. You wouldn't even have to listen to me giving it out. If you're watching on youtube.com slash pick six, and if you do go watch at youtube.com slash pick six, make sure to subscribe and hit the like button. If you want to comment, be like, Brinson's hair looks great, or oh, RJ, love the bills, you know, whatever you want to do, comment. We'd love to have your comments on there. And a little, uh, you can also get a glimpse of the rundown, which Lord only knows what, what kind of nonsense is scribbled into this rundown from me when I'm, when I'm making my picks late at night. Anyway, can't lose parlay. Washington is a pick em. Titans, Cardinals over 52. The Texans plus three and the Packers minus four. Pete Prisco's best bets. The Texans plus three. Washington is a pick em. The And you're going to hear these repeated a lot because the can't lose parlays combined best bets. Ravens, Raiders over 50 and a half. The Steelers plus six and a half versus the Bills. Cardinals, Titans over 52. The Bears plus seven and a half against the Rams. RJ White's best bets. The Jets plus four and a half against the Panthers. Jets defense revenge game. Washington is a pick em versus the Chargers. Seahawks, Colts under 50. Texans plus three against the Jaguars. Lions plus, man, you got some stanky, stanky dogs out here. Gotta the be week one. That's right. Lions plus seven and a half against the 49ers. The Chiefs minus six versus the Browns and the Packers minus four against the Saints. And my best bets. <laughs> look at RJ's stinky dogs. Now look at all this road chalk. Um, <laughs> the Washington is a pick em against the Chargers. The Seahawks minus two and a half against the Colts. The Vikings minus three against the Bengals. The Broncos minus three against the Giants. The Dolphins Patriots under 43 and a half. The Cardinals Titans over 52. And a teaser with the Rams and the 49ers taking both of those NFC, NFC West behemoths down to one and a half. So we each have uh, at least six best. Do we each have seven? Pete has six, you and I have seven, plus the can't lose parlay. That is a robust slate for the for the opening week one. I gotta tell you, I don't think I'd I don't think I really got excited about the football season until this this podcast. You gotta go with an odd number of best bets like we did to celebrate the fact that it's 17 game season now. There's no more finishing five hundred in the NFL unless you have one of the you're the random team that has a tie. So uh, there's gonna be an eight, eight and one team, I'm sure, to, to prove me wrong oh, there. But actually- you you and I, we're going seven. Weeks. We're we're going for that four and three, five and two week. Forget forget this five hundred. Not talking. Right, we're going seven and zero. Forget this five hundred stuff. We're going we're going we're going hot out of the gates. By the way, I, I hate the idea that it's now like twelve and five. Like it's just, it's hard. I have to every time I say it, like I'm not sure this is a twelve, and I have to do math in my head because before it used to be a twelve and fourteen. Like, is this an eleven and five team? I don't know. Is this a is this a five hundred? You can't say is this a five hundred team anymore. It's it's very frustrating. And you got one of those, you're weird for one of those fringe teams that you're hoping makes the playoffs. And they're like, just get to 10 wins, just get to 10 wins, get to 10 wins. And you're like, oh crap, just get to 11 wins. I'm in 11 wins. Give me 11 wins. Cause yeah, I just don't and, know if gonna make the playoffs now. And they're blatantly going to 18 games pretty soon. So it's like, we're going to have to do all this math for years. And the record books are all going to be all screwed up. And then they're going to go to 18 games. I was all excited. Now I'm mad. Damn you, RJ. It's all, all my right, fault. That- that's fine. That's the show. That's the Pick Six Podcast. Pick them week one NFL best bets. Pick Six Podcast show. Uh, you can leave your best bet in the comments on YouTube. If you got questions about this week, uh, feel free to hit me up. Uh, I'm, email is a mess, long story, but you can DM me on Twitter. Um, I don't. I want to answer fantasy lineup questions, so please don't bother with that. But uh, if you got gambling questions or trade questions or whatever, let me know. RJ, always a pleasure, buddy. 